going out and coming in. Your love was all over me. Lord, your love has been strong. Your love has been forever the same over my life. When I missed it, you still, you still love me. When I went astray, you loved me. Go ahead and thank him. Say thank you for your love. Your love that has been my protection. That has strengthened me. That has kept me and my household. Lord, I give you praise. Thank you for loving me even before I loved you. Thank you because you first loved me. And you gave your son Jesus to die for me. Blessed be your name. I give you praise and I give you glory. Go ahead, thank him for the gift of life. Thank him for protection. Thank him for provision. Thank him for promotion. Thank him for lifting. Thank him for his goodness. Thank him for his mercies. Thank him for making a way where there is no way. Thank him for breakthroughs. Thank him for victory. Thank him for good health. Thank him for strength. Thank him for life. Thank him for open heavens. Thank him for the victory. Thank him for the successes. Thank him, thank him, thank him, and thank him. Thank him for open heavens. Thank him for the helpers of destiny. Thank him for the many achievements. Thank him. Thank him for comfort. Thank him for peace. Thank him for joy. Thank him for increase. Thank him for his blessings. Thank him. Thank him. And thank him. Lord, I give you praise. Thank you because you love us. Thank you for your many blessings upon our lives. Be thou forever praised. Be thou forever magnified. Thank you for the daily increase. Thank you for the daily multiplication. Thank you for your kindness forever be praised oh god thank you mighty god in jesus name we have given thanks father in heaven we thank you thank you because before we love you you loved us and you gave your son jesus to die for us accept our thanks in jesus name father thank you for your goodness towards us thank you for bringing us into the last sunday in the month of December in the year 2019. And thank you for making us to see the new week, the first day of the new week that ushers us into the new year. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray in our life continually take the glory, take the honor, take the adoration in the name of Jesus. As we continue in this service, Lord, show your mightiness, show your power, show your presence. Let lives be touched here today. Let souls be saved. Let situations be turned around. Let all the glory be yours. Let the blessings be ours. And let the devil be put to shame. Thank you, mighty God. In Jesus' name we have prayed. And let the house rumble a big amen. Shake one or two people. Tell them welcome to the presence of God. And say, tell them congratulations. You made it to the last week of the year. Welcome, congratulations. Welcome, sir. Congratulations. Amen. You may be pleased, wonderfully be seated in God's presence. It is always a thing of joy for me to always come home. I feel excited. And I'm glad to see everyone looking radiant. Merry Christmas to you all and a Happy New Year in advance. Bring you greetings from my wonderful wife and the wonderful boys at home back in Texas. They extend their greetings to Papa and Mama Aji. Always happy to always see you, sir and ma, and to the entire household of faith. It's a good thing to always fellowship together and be in the congregation of the righteous. 
For in fellowshipping, we, de- we develop strength and we develop the abundance of God's glory upon our lives. I am praying that this year is not yet over. Every good thing you are believing God for, he will deliver it to you. And you will go into the new year rejoicing with joy in your heart, laughter in your mouth, and strength in your hands, giving praise to him. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalms chapter 84 will be a good place for us to start. I want to speak very shortly on what I have tagged restoration. Psalms 84 verse 11 now. It says here, for the Lord God is a son and what? Shield. The Lord will give grace and what? Grace and what? No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Heavenly Father, this is your word. Let it go forth with impact that brings lasting transformation in the name of Jesus. Let your word have a free course in this place today. Let Jesus alone be seen. Let me not be seen. Lord, make my tongue like the pen of a ready writer to speak forth your word with fluency, with accuracy, with authority, and with your power in the name of Jesus. Let your word be of blessing to us here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 19, verse 9, paint a picture. Zacchaeus just encountered Jesus. And he said, if I have taken anything from the poor, I restore. Now, verse 10, listen to what Jesus now said in verse 10 of that scripture. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Jesus said, verse 9, Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to your house, for as much as he also is the son of Abraham. Then verse 10. For the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. The son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Not just him that was lost, but that which was lost. The popular scripture in Romans chapter 3 verse 23 makes us to realize and understand what man lost. It says, for all have what? Sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. So what man lost in the beginning was the glory of God. And then if you look at what is glory, glory is that entity that gives you a positive aura. Glory, we're talking of honor. When we talk about glory, we're talking of majesty. When we talk about glory, we are talking of beauty. We're talking of splendor. When we talk about glory, we are talking of the presence and the power of God. When you talk about glory, we are talking of, of, of open operating under the open heavens that God has created for you. So the Son of Man came to seek that which was lost. And that which was lost was what was lost by the person. So in the beginning, when man lost glory as a result of sin, he lost the image of God. Remember, he was created in the image and the likeness of God. He lost the image of God. He lost the likeness of God. He lost the covering of God. He lost everything that God has created him with to be a superwoman. So he came to seek and to save that which was lost. So glory is the fullness of everything in God. That glory is what we are falling short of as a result of sin. And this is what Jesus came to restore. The word restoration is taken out of the word restore. Re 
is one word and store is another. Re is again. So restore actually means putting back into the store that which was lost. When we go to supermarket or go to uh, any store, you hear them talking about restock. They restock because they have sold something out of the store. So when Jesus came to restore or give man restoration, he came to put back into the store that which was lost. Psalm 23 verse 5 says, Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runs over. Now the oil was poured upon the head, but all of a sudden he switched to the cup. The psalmist was trying to paint a picture that your life, my life is a vessel. And has the capacity to contain, to retain, and to obtain that which is being poured into it. That is why the Bible says we are vessels. The Bible says some are vessels unto honor and some are vessels unto dishonor. So a vessel can has the ability to contain, to receive. So Jesus came to restore that back which was been stolen out of the vessel of the life of man. Now, what did man lose? Man lost glory. Man lost the beauty of God. Man lost splendor. Man lost the fullness of God. Man lost that which made it for, for, for which made it impossible for the enemy to have authority over him. Because the moment man lost the glory, everything else that could afflict man began to happen. Travel began to happen. Trials began to happen. Defeat, oppression begin to happen. Why? Because man lost one thing. So the glory of God is that entity that actually encompasses man and make man extraordinarily different from what he was supposed from, from, from extraordinarily different from any other species. Adam was not a diver, but yes, he named all the fishes in the ocean. He was not wearing any special suit, neither was he giving tranquilizers to the animals, but yet he was able to name all of them without being devoured. Why? Because there is a glory covering him. And that was a glory of dominion. Because God says, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let him have dominion. So when he lost glory, he lost dominion. And because of the trials of life, God discovered there is nobody else that can restore that which has been lost back to the store of man except by him himself. So John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave Jesus, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever believes in him will not perish but have restored back to him that which has been stolen from him. Let's look at the book of John chapter 1 verse 14. And look at the picture here of what the glory is. John chapter 1 verse 14. It says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. So when Jesus was on earth, what did we behold? We beheld his glory. When he was on earth, we saw God's glory. When he healed the sick, that was the glory of God. When he raised the dead, that was God's glory in manifestation. 
When he came to the sea, that was the glory of God in display. When, when he walked upon the sea, that was God's glory. When he was on earth, we beheld the glory of God. According to what the scripture says here, we beheld his glory. The glory of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. So there was a manifestation of that glory when Jesus was on earth. He was the only one that has the glory. Because man already lost his glory. Jesus carried the glory. We saw this glory in his daily appearance. We saw this glory as it was the only begotten of the Father. You can only see it in him because he was the only one that carried the glory. Now, 2 Peter chapter 1. Peter now paints a picture here. After Jesus died and was gone to heaven. 2 Peter chapter 1. Let's look at the picture Peter painted here. 2 Peter 1 verse um, 16. He says, For we are not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we are eyewitness of his majesty. For we receive from God the Father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, that is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And his voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mountain. In the holy mount. He says, verse 17, For we receive from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent, what? Glory. So right there when Peter was with Jesus on that mount, they saw the glory of God. And the glory of God was given to Jesus by the excellent glory, which means a glory that was given by God. Now, the scripture makes us to see what the description of this glory is. What does the glory look like? What impact is this glory supposed to have or does it have in the life of man? Matthew chapter 17, very quickly. Matthew chapter 17, we read verse 1, and then we jump to verse 5. Matthew 17. Look at what it says here. And after six days, Jesus take Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bring them, bring them up unto an high mountain apart. And was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun. And his raiment was white as the light. Verse 5. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed him. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. This scripture paint a picture of what man lost. It made us to see what the glory looks like. It makes us to see the impact this glory is supposed to have in our life. So whenever we come to Jesus, whenever we confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior, what happens at that transaction is a restoration of this glory back into the life of man. Three things happen in this scripture. Peter talked about that glory in 2 Peter 1, 16 to 18. 
Now, Matthew 17, 1 to 2 and 5 help us to see what that glory is and the impact that glory did. Remember, Jesus came to put back into the store that which man lost, which was glory. Number one thing you will see in that scripture is this. It says, and he was transfigured before them, verse 2, and his face did shine as the sun. When there is a restoration of glory in your life, there is a difference about your facial appearance. He says his face did shine as the sun. So when man lost the glory, he lost the shining of his face. When man lost the glory, when Adam lost the glory, it was that glory that covered his face so that when he walked in the midst of the animals in the Garden of Eden, they could not see him as their food. It was that glory that covers his face that he could look at a species and give it a name. That glory makes his face to shine. And when we talk of your face being shining, we are talking of your personal transformation, your personal appearance. That takes the personal transformation. The glory of God on our face shows a personal transformation. It brings about a different beauty. It brings about an unhindered peace. It, it, it makes people to see you and ask you, why does your face always look so much at peace? Because there is an excellent glory that shines upon his face. Number two thing you will see in that scripture is this. Look at it here. It says, and his raiment was white as the light. His cloth began to shine. The glory of God cannot shine on your face and affect your personal appearance and will not shine on your cloth. The cloth is your public transformation. So when we talk about the glory, the clothes shining, the cloth is external to man. But when the glory touches your face, it touches your clothes. When the glory of God touches a person, it transforms the appearance of the person in public. But adventure, when you became a born again child of God, you were once a smoker, but you stopped doing that because a glory has come that has transformed you. A pastor was saying several years ago, he was in the church, but he was not born again. He said, as a matter of fact, he used to be the one that carries the Bible of the pastor. And he goes everywhere with the pastor, wherever the pastor is going. But he wasn't born again. Then all of a sudden, after many years, they said, you will start teaching Sunday school. He said, eh? Me that I still go to beer parlor to drink beer. And I go to, to smoke cigarettes and I do this and I womanize, I do all this there. He said the only reason he stopped doing all those things was because he started getting afraid that if all these people I am teaching in Sunday school now see me drinking beer and smoking, what will I say? But the day came, the same pastor he used to carry his Bible, finished preaching, made an altar call. Before the pastor finishes an altar call, not minding everybody that knows him, not minding those that have been calling him pastor when he was still a smoker, he ran to the front and gave his life to Christ. That was the day his public appearance changed. Why? Because glory came in. Glory cannot be restored in your life and you still remain, you still live a, a, a life of, 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 
of melancholism or a life of dullness or sadness. When glory comes in, wherever you enter, the positive aura manifests. Let's look at the third one here. What he says here, he says, verse 5, While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed him. So this glory caused his face to shine. This glory causes his clothes to shine. And this glory brings about an atmosphere of transformation. You will see some people, whenever they enter a room, the room lit up. They carry a positive glory of different aura. When the glory comes upon you, it touches your face. It changes your personality. It touches your clothes. It changes your public life. The things you used to do, you stop doing them. Then it changes the atmosphere under which you operate. Those three things happened in that scripture. But the irony of it is it, it only happened to Jesus. Peter was there. James was there. John was there. Their face never shone. Their clothes was never changed. And their, uh, 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 their, their, their atmosphere around them never changed. It only happened to who? To Jesus. But when glory is restored by God in your life or by Jesus in your life, wherever you go, what happens? Glory goes. Wherever you appear, glory appears. Whenever you speak, glory speaks. Whatever you do, it is the glory of God that men will see. That is why you ask the question, if man sees you today, will they see the glory of God in you that will draw you to God? All these things happened to Jesus. But what Jesus came to do is not just to show us the glory, it's not just to demonstrate the glory, but it's to make sure we have the glory. That is why when Jesus came, he came to put back that which the enemy stole from the store. Now, what kind of glory are we talking about? We saw the glory. We saw the demonstration of the glory. We saw the impact that this glory made. Now look at John chapter 17, verse 22. John chapter 17, verse 22. What glory are we talking about? It says right, right here. From verse 21. That they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou givest me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one. So he said, the glory you have given me. Peter said in First Peter, we saw the glory given by the excellent glory. So Jesus says, Father, I will pay the price but what I need to stop back into their life is the same glory you give me. The same way my face shine, I want their face to shine. The same way my appearance change, I want their appearance to change. The same way I operate under a different atmosphere and under a open heavens, I want these ones to operate under that same atmosphere. 
So I want to restore back to them not a, a depreciated glory, not a counterfeit glory, but the same glory you gave me. That was what Jesus negotiated. He was a good negotiator. He did not say, Lord, you know, I understand they have sinned. So at least if you can just give them a little bit of the glory back. Maybe give them the glory so that they won't be sick, but let them be poor. He didn't do that negotiation. He said, the same thing I carry, give to them. And that was what happened. But before he left, if you look at John chapter 12 from verse 20 to 24, some people came to see Jesus. And they said, we want to see Jesus. And then they went to tell Jesus, we have some people that wants to see you. And the next thing Jesus said was, except a grain of wheat fall to the ground and die, he abided forever. If somebody comes to your house and say, I want to see you, are you going to be talking about falling and dying? No. You're going to be talking about, let them come in so I can see them. But Jesus says something different. Let's look at that scripture here. John chapter 12, verse 20. He said, And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desires him, saying, Sir, we would, we would see Jesus. And Philip cometh and tell Andrew. And again, Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, he abideth alone. But if it die, he bringeth forth much fruit. What Jesus was telling them there is this. While he was on earth, he was the only one that carried the glory. He was the only begotten of the Father. So he had the glory. So if you want to see the glory of God, you have to go look for Jesus. But Jesus was saying, the time has come why this system must stop. This particular system must be abolished. If you want to go to church, imagine you want to go to church. And the only place you can go to church is in Jerusalem. But Jesus said, that system must stop. We must put an end to it. Except a grain of wheat fall to the grounds and die, he abides alone. I have not come to retain the glory alone, but for you and I to be a carrier of that glory. And that is why Jesus was saying in there, by the time I pay the price, when I die, you will spring forth with the same virtue, with the same glory that I carry. So that when somebody sees you, they see God's glory. When they see her, they see God's glory. They don't have to look for me to see the glory of God. They can see you and see the glory of God. He said that system must be abolished. You can imagine if we all want to go to church and the only church is the one on Mount Olives in Jerusalem. The mission of Jesus was to make sure that this glory is reproduced in all. So when people come to your house, they see glory. When they show up in your place of work and they see you, they see glory. We want to move away from confessing, oh, Jesus is my Lord. But you want to get to the point whereby when they see you, they see a replica of 
Jesus. When we confess Jesus, then we receive glory. So what kind of glory did he bring us? We said the same glory that he received. If you look at the word in, in, in John 3, 16, he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But by the time we got into the book of Romans 29, it makes us to realize that Jesus became the firstborn of many born. That means after he paid the price on the cross, after he carried that glory, and then the glory is now negotiated that we also receive the same glory. He is no more the only begotten son. He is now the first son of the many begottens. You know, imagine when you start having children, your first son or your first daughter is the only begotten, the only one you got. But when you have the second one, it becomes the first of two. When you have more children, it becomes the firstborn of many brethren. And then when Jesus died and paid the price on the cross of Calvary, he was not only the one that had the glory anymore, he became the first. Of many brethren. So that same glory is what he came to restore in our lives. So that when somebody see you, they see what? They see glory. The question is this. How come we don't do then what he did? If he had paid the price, if he had died on the cross, if he had given me authority back, if he has connected me back to God, if he has restored life and glory unto me, how come we don't do what he does? The, question, the, the, the thing is this. If you don't know you have something, you will never be able to produce something. If you don't know you have greatness in you, you can't produce greatness. If you don't know that dominion has been given back to you, you can't dominate. The day we confess Jesus our Lord and Savior, he restored that same glory back to us. The excellent glory. Until you start walking in the consciousness and realizing that glory has been given back unto you before you can begin to produce glory. Because you, before you can begin to produce results. That is why it's the word of the Lord saying, you will lay your hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Why? Because I have restored back unto you the glory to heal the sick. He said, if you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you will say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and it will happen. Why? Because glory has been restored back unto you. A young boy had that scripture in his Sunday school. And he went back home several years ago. And there is this little hill at the back of the house where people used to come and uh, worship all these idols. When Dickness was talking about it today and talking about the idol, I said, Dickness, I've seen my message again. <laughs> they will come there and worship this idol. You see, when you carry glory, you don't go and bow your head to those in the dark places of the earth. So the little boy was tired of all the saints that comes out of that place. So he got home that day. He said, they've told us that if I have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, I will say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and it shall be so. Therefore, you mountain, I am going to school. Before I come back, be removed and be cast into the sea. 
That was a child that knows that glory has been restored to him. And he spoke to the mountain. That day was the day Lagos State Government issued the order to go and break down the mountain and go and put the rocks in Babbage to curb the erosion. So the mountain was removed and it was cast into the sea. When you carry glory, you become a different entity. So how come we don't do what to do? It's because we don't know what we carry. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 makes us to see. It says, Christ in you, Christ in me, the hope of what? Of glory. When you begin to walk in that consciousness that Christ is in you, that Christ is in me, then you know the glory to overcome every circumstances of life has been restored back unto you. I want you to go forth this week and go into the new year, knowing glory for full manifestation of the potentials that God has deposited in you has been restored back unto you. Now, does it mean the moment I give my life to Christ, everything will change all of a sudden? No. The Bible says we live and we go from glory to glory, from glory to glory. And how does that happen? It happens by prayers. It happens by living a holy life, by living a righteous life, by fellowshipping. All this coming to Sunday service, coming to Sunday school, coming to prayer meeting, coming to Bible study. Those are all the things that comes together that makes our life to go from glory to glory to glory to glory. You don't learn everything in the scripture in one day, but as you learn, as you study, as you listen to the word of God, it expands expands you, he enlarges you, he increases you, and he makes you to move higher and higher and higher in him. So when you, when, when, when all these things comes together, when all these things are seen in your life, then people can see you, they can see me, and they say they have seen Jesus. People can experience our presence, and they say they have experienced the glory of God. People can come near you, and when you speak to them, they can hear the word of life that transformed them. Keep praying. Keep learning from him. Worship him. Pray. Come to service. And all these things will gradually move your life from where it is to the next level of glory that what God wants us to be. So realize this. Jesus came and he restored glory. And when that glory was restored, sickness checked out. When that glory was restored, oppression left. When that glory was restored, deliverance came into the life of man. I am praying that the glory of God will be seen in your life more than ever before. That in the new year, you will demonstrate the glory of God. That in the new year, the glory of God will shine over you wherever you go. That in the new year, every good thing God has ordained for your life and destiny will find you walking in the blissfulness of God's glory. I want you to pray a simple prayer. Lord, let your glory be manifested in my life. Let it be manifested in my home. Let it be manifested in my business. Let your glory be seen in my marriage. Let your glory be manifested in me and through me in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray that simple prayer. Lord, I pray I want to see your glory in my life. Let your glory be made manifested. Let your glory be manifested in me and through me in the name of Jesus. Thank you, mighty God. Blessed be your name. 
In Jesus' name, we are prayed. I want to believe you have been blessed this morning. Realize this, that glory was the ultimate thing that Christ came to restore to mankind. And when that glory comes back to you, your joy comes back. When that glory is given to you, peace is restored to you. When that glory comes upon you, you operate under a different atmosphere. You begin to operate under the atmosphere of open heavens. You begin to operate under the atmosphere that makes your life to affect the life of everybody else around you. Why? Because glory has been restored unto you. And I am praying that all through this week and as we go into the new year, you will see God's glory. In your ways, you will see God's glory. In your marriages, you will see God's glory. In your businesses, you will see God's glory. In your careers, you will see God's glory. In your academics, and you will see his glory manifested in your finances. Rise on your feet and give God praise. Worship him, exalt him, even as we go ahead and take our hymn this morning. Give him praise, give him glory. Wave your hand and thank him. Say, Father, thank you for the restoration of glory in my life. Thank you because that glory brings back every good thing that I lost in the beginning. Thank you for restoration today. Lord, I give you praise. Lord, I give you glory. Be thou exalted. Be thou magnified. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Let the people shout, shout a big amen. amen. We're going to take our hymn now. The first step you need to take for glory to come to you is to be a born again child of God.